Glad to have you all here today. Hopefully I'm recording. So um, I have some announcements that I was given because um, it's been kind of crazy and hectic. Do we have 930 sun, uh, Sunday school or do we not? We have so many things going on, which, believe it or not, is a blessing. I know people, teachers especially, they have, well, all of us have our plans, right? And we don't like the that to be changed. It's hard, but it is a blessing because we have so many wonderful things happening at this church. God is working in our church. We're getting a new elder who, do, do you guys know Chris? Have you worked with Chris? He's amazing. And he's funny too, because I've had to work with the elders on getting interviews for memberships and stuff. And he's one of those guys that you could totally get going and he can like boost and challenge the other guys. He's like, okay guys, I can do it. What about you? So it kind of puts the pressure in a fun way. And I just, I love that. So he's going to be an elder. I'm just sure of it after this voting today. And then potentially I get a new boss, um, Josh Gerber. You know, not that I'm excited about it, but, you know, we're going to be voting on him this next Sunday. So um, we won't be having, let's see, I don't think that we will have the study next week. No. So sorry, all your bookmarks are wrong. <laughs> but they're still good bookmarks. Just don't look at the dates and no stuff. AD for next week. Okay, I'm better than what I thought. Yeah. Okay. No so, but I had to put a wrench in the works anyway. So we will have an extra day of classes. I'm pretty sure they haven't voted on it, they being the Karen Discipleship team. But they will this week. Um, they're going to give us an extra week at the tail end, a 13th week. So if you want to come that week fine. If you are busy and have plans, that's fine too. What I'm going to do is that I'm just going to cover chapter eight today and divide that out next time, not next week, but the, the next time do chapter nine, because there's a lot of content in there. So I think it'll work out well. So now to what they told me to actually say, um, we, <laughs> I'm good at ad-libbing. We have a busy week of ministry ahead of us. Women's Bible study begins this week. Praise God. Grow in your faith and biblical understanding as you study the vital truths found in Paul's letter to the Colossians. Choose the day that would work best with your schedule, Tuesday evenings. Meet 6.45 to 8.15 p.m. and Wednesday mornings meet from 9 to 10.30 a.m. There's also an online option available. Each will provide the same guided study, clear teaching, and group discussion. Child care is provided during the Wednesday study. Contact Carmen Rossi with any questions. Um, Awana begins this Wednesday, September 7th from 6.30 to 8. Register online at myncbc.org on the church app or at the Awana registration table in the Fireside Commons. Awana is free of charge, but registration is required. And for that, you can contact Craig or Katie DeLagrange, our Awana Club directors, or Sharon Carey with any questions. Uh, rooted students for junior high and high school age meet at the same time in the intersection building. No sign up are needed for that. And finally, next Sunday, there will be no adult discipleship electives. Obviously, I did not read this before. I wanted to be fresh, fresh to you guys. <laughs> That's my 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 story anyway everyone junior high age and up will meet in the family center at 9:30 to witness the ordination of chris metalman as he begins his service as an elder 
children's Sunday school will still take place and the nursery will still be available. So that's it. So we do have a lot of wonderful things happening. So now you're in the know. You know what I know. So hopefully more. So hopefully you all got your handouts. There were two pages. Um, so this week we're talking chapter eight, which is uh, engage the better option. But before we do that, I would like to pray. And I have, I was on it and actually wrote down some cool things to pray for. So let's commit to this time for prayer. Uh, dear Lord, I pray that today's scripture, regardless of who is hearing it, resonates deeply within all who hear it to mobilize believers of this church to utilize their spiritual gifts to build up the body of God's church. I pray, Lord, for today's teaching of engaging our emotions through your word. I ask that you work mightily in the lives of each woman here to grow and strengthen them more each day. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your love, your strength, and your undeserved grace that you pour upon us day by day. And now just give me the words uh, to speak and uh, give us the ears to, to hear and a softened heart, Lord, um, to, to show us and to help us realize that we can engage our emotions without being overwhelmed, that we can do that biblically, Lord, through you because you are always with us, Lord, and that you love us and you strengthen us so that you can get us through this so that we can grow and we can help others grow in, in Christ. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Last week or last time we met, I think it was last week, Time has gotten a little crazy, I'm sure, for everybody. This last week was a lot of happies and a lot of, eh, you know, tough things, but a lot of new stuff. You know, even parents with uh, moms with kids, moms without kids. It's just been kind of crazy. So I think it was last week that Christy was teaching us from Chapter 7 that we have a flood of uh, emotions. They can be negative, they can be happy, they can be all sorts of things, but they just flood us and it can make you feel out of control and overwhelmed and, and that life is just chaotic, which obviously our lives are chaotic enough, but our emotions just make it that much more overwhelming. Um, and because of this, we're prone to resort to escapism maybe, or um, attempts at changing those emotions right? That's always the big promise that, you know, there's something bigger, better, whatever out there that you should be feeling this, or you can do A, B, C, D and, and be all better, right? Um, this chapter, Groves and Smith, the authors, uh, apply the balanced approach of scripture to the unbalanced extremes of the world, which they described as engaging, okay? That's kind of contrary to what our society seems to want to do. We, um, don't engage so much as we blame maybe we, we separate rather than unify okay and, and and scripture wants us to unify with the word and use the word to work through our emotions um, their engage method takes the middle road approach between hyper emotionalism that overemphasizes the importance and control we give to our emotions and the stoicism that tempts us to just ignore that or to shut down 
our feelings. Um, and what I've done in your handouts is, is I put periodically in here just little intercessions. And to me, it was kind of like a prayer for you because some people, me included, is that I think about this, I shut down because I don't want to deal with it, right? And my intent is to let you know that God is in there as we go through this. He's still walking with us. There's scripture. So if you feel that inclination to shut down, grab onto the word right whatever it works for you and be praying praying through that so um, the first one is I want to encourage you that when you begin to feel overwhelmed to remember that God is with you in Lamentations 322 it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is your faithfulness to me that is such a relief that's such a comfort right? That we are not doing this on our own. God is with us every step of the day. He has, he knows what's going on here. He created all of this. And so he's walking you through this so that you learn and you grow. Um, how do you engage motions biblically? This chapter divides it up into four actions that we're going to go through. And as you can see here, I did the Karen Hutchinson method of note taking with the fill in the blanks. So you may be going, oh, cool, like I would, or going, oh, no, not again. So I'll give you the words. I'll just want to make sure that you're still engaged with my, yeah, mom humor, worse than dad humor, I think, according to my daughters. <sighs> So first thing that we need to do is to identify. It seems kind of a no-brainer, right, to identify our feelings, but we were just talking right before this. Um, what's your name? Sarah. Sarah has a feelings wheel pinned at home, so she knows how important and how difficult it is sometimes to identify it, especially with kids, because, you know, if kids have a hard time, you know, they, they just do. They have a lot of stuff going on. They don't even know what some of these feelings are. So it's good to point it out. At least you're doing that. Most of us grew up without a feelings chart, you know, or with, say, a lot of brothers who it was not good. It was not okay to, you know, um, speak about those feelings. You know, maybe a very quiet household that doesn't talk about that. So we are going to be uh, identifying, uh, which is becoming aware of the emotion. You know, that's the important thing is, is to be aware that you're feeling something kind of, hmm, it may just be a feeling that one writer said calls it icky sauce. I'm like, what? So if that works for you, whatever. Um, but you have to realize first that it's there. And we're not saying it's good or bad. You know, people sometimes mistake that to be thinking, oh, I'm being sinful or it's bad or whatever. No, it's just being aware that something's just kind of out of kilter, right? And then naming it. And what I did, one of the sheets that I gave you is a list of feelings. And that seems kind of silly. Why do I need a list of feelings? Well, a lot of times you don't, but when you're in the thick of things, right? Your brain just doesn't function quite as well as we would like it to. And naming it about yourself is a whole different thing than naming it about somebody else, isn't it? Right? It's not applicable exactly the same way, right? So, so I gave that to you. What that's helped me a lot with, I got that in counseling. And when a person comes in, 
that's what you see is a person that that is in the middle of things right they're fighting so many battles on every front they're so confused they're so overwhelmed by everything so that sheet really helps them to think about it to sit down quiet themselves be with god and god i truly believe god points that out for them as i feel this and then you can start to hone in and you can do this too you can you can hone in on what those feelings are you know there's no reason to avoid this there's no wrong answer okay because god is walking through you and he's going to use this for your benefit um so describing this feeling can be challenging your first fill in the blank um if you remember way back in chapter one christy was talking about whether you are a storm um who is overwhelmed by the number and the intensity of feelings that's challenging that's challenging to identify all those feelings because you could be marking you can be highlighting all sorts of feelings there um, or on the other hand, you can be a quicksand um, who numbs their emotions, which is on the other end of the perspective. Um, what's the word? Spectrum. I knew it wasn't per spectrum. I knew it. <laughs> but that could be a new word that could be Kevin Satter would like that word, and I may use that next week. So perspectum. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is just as bad you know overwhelming in a different way right because you're not feeling and that's not what God wants for us right so anyway it's very difficult um, but we're all in there we're all experiencing that so um, this list that I provided you um, we use in counselings when when people are feeling stuck that is your next word and having a difficult time identifying their emotions um, it's common in the heat of the moment because our emotions like to overpower our thoughts. It's sort of like we freeze. Um, it helps you to put your words into feelings or into feelings. Um, and a list like this is very helpful for journaling too, right? It gets you to stay on track, you know, because sometimes we, we get to write in some unbiblical things maybe, but we need to keep the point, the main point, the main point. Okay, so I'm guilty of this, and I'm talking about me, but, you know, rambling and whatever. But it gives us a defined area to journal about and to pray about. God, why am I feeling this way? So um, you're trying to describe your reaction to the world God has put you in using the words that God has given you. I think this is so key because we can rant and rave. We are open when we are very emotional to feelings, to temptations that are not godly. So we need to um, describe our reaction to the world and that defines, is it godly, is it not godly? And it puts it right there in black and white for you to say, am I glorifying God and how I am feeling? Um, the Bible teaches us through lyrical poetry of Psalms that descriptors of our emotions point us in the direction of what our heart is loving. That's also a very counseling kind of thing. What our heart wants is what our heart wants. And sometimes that can be kind of ugly and kind of convicting. Um, but it does show why we act the way we act. 
um, in Psalms 42:5, it says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. So even in the Bible, God is showing us that emotions are something that he gave us, right? It's very emotional. Psalms is just sometimes for me, quite frankly, overly emotional because it's poetry. I never realized that for a long time growing up. I didn't realize there was poetry in the Bible. Go figure. And another one, which I happen to be studying in my devotional, is Job. That is a very long, very long book. Uh, but it's also poetic in a very different way, right? And it's very emotional. Um, in Job 38, 4, God says to Job, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. That's my absolute favorite part. Job spends chapter upon chapter lamenting, doesn't he, about the misery that's befallen him. And in pride, he challenges the creator of the universe to justify himself. Well, the Lord kind of laid it out straight for him in chapter 38, didn't he? He said, well, where were you when I was doing all this? If you think that you can judge me, if you can call me here and say these things to me, I think that might be part of your problem. And, you know, kind of like Christy, but not with Star Wars and Jedis and stuff like that. I envision the Lord speaking to Job in chapter 38, kind of like the Hulk when he was talking to Loki and the Avengers. And after he went, bam, 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 and kind of let him like that, he says, puny human. Do you guys remember that? Okay, just me. I know it's not like that. Okay, I'm just envisioning, you know, puny human. And that's what we all need to hear. You're just a puny human, you know? Um, the second thing that we need to do after we identify is that we need to examine. Uh, we need to look at it, that emotion, turn it around, and see what you can learn about it. It's almost like doing a chemistry experiment. Um, now, at this point, don't try to decide whether it's good or bad. We jump to that first thing. Oh, I'm being so sinful. Or, I was justified in doing that. Don't do that. that this is not the time to do that. We're just looking at it under a microscope, under whatever, to see what we can learn about it. Your emotions are always saying something about the relationships in your life. It's, that's your next word, relationships. <laughs> I'm like a person, I'm a bad person giving directions to on the road because I'll be really great and then all of a sudden I'm not. And you don't know when that's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, it says something about your relationships with, your relationship with God. If it, if it needs work and growth there and relationships with the people in your life. Um, they are always pressing you towards some kind of an action. They are always influencing your relationship with God. So here are some questions that I put down. I think the, the book asked us to, to use to evaluate this. Um, why am I feeling like this? And here's a, a clue. If you're blaming someone else, you might want to really look at that, right? If we look outside for an internal problem, that, that's a problem in and of itself. What am I reacting to? 
How is this emotion making me want to behave? And what can I learn about myself from this? You're trying to become as aware as possible of what you are caring, that's your next word, caring about, how you are relating, and what you are doing in response. You know, part of my busy week, Lord, the Lord always finds ways to put lessons in there, right? Um, and I had that this week, a friend of ours, um, my husband was talking about his pain from his knee surgery, he had knee replacement, and it was a really tough surgery because you know, it had been 35 years since he'd injured that, and it was just, they really had to rebuild and do stuff, and so it's still painful for him. And the friend said, well, do you get any help for what you're doing? Because obviously my husband overworks on something because he's a hard worker, and then he pays, uh, you know, for having done that later with a lot of pain and all of that. And our friend simply said, have you gotten help with that with your work that's all he said which it really convicted me of course i took it personally i'm like i should be helping my husband more oh my goodness i'm awful um which is a good thing believe it or not it wasn't good that i was putting myself down but it opened me to oh should i be stopping what i'm doing right because we all have a lot of stuff going on we got kids stuff we got food prep we've got this that and the other but it also convicted my husband, apparently because he was out cutting limbs down from a tree that I said was kind of overshadowing my garden and wasn't allowing my top tomatoes to grow. So he actually came in and asked me if I would mind to stop. And he never does that, you know. I never find out that he's even doing something until it's already done. I think he does it on purpose. Um, so that convicted him in a good way to put down his pride, come and ask me for help. I put down mine, you know, and went and I helped him. We had a good time taking it all down to the burn pile and whatnot. We didn't even fuss over anything. Amazing. Um, but still, God was working with that, right? Because that rang in my mind still. I couldn't let go that I'm not helping enough. How dare he say that about me? I helped then you know it, it dawned on me god used that okay whether it was good whether it was bad it was for god's good right and for the first time i turned around i'm like i'm so thankful for fill in the blank for speaking that truth whether he realized it or not god used that and it was just enough right to convict both norm and i to change our actions is that not the perfect story that God gave me for this lesson? <laughs> he grew us through that, even through our own sin, our own selfishness, our own pride issues. You know, you're married, you know. If you're not married, you know, you know, pride and all that good stuff. But anyway, God's grace is, is so good, so good. Um, the next thing on our list keep track of my time so we have time to chat um, is to evaluate um, this is when we figure out which aspects of what you're feeling are good and godly or which are destructive or selfish and we don't put ourselves down with this right it, it's just 
we all have this. We have sin in our lives, and God wants to help us through it regardless. Um, you'll always find a mixture of good and bad because that's the battle that we fight daily. We all do. God uses the frustrations this causes to remind us of the poisoning impact of sin that creates a longing for Christ's triumphant return. God calls us to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. Too often, like in my example, we we act out of self-absorption and entitlement. Um, But when you're ignoring what pleases him and acting in ways that anger him, you need to evaluate your emotions as something wrong in your heart. It's a heart issue. It's not just something you did wrong one time. That's why we're evaluating it, because it's important. It's showing your heart. God sees that heart. Don't worry. He knows your heart. He already knows. That's why coming to him in prayer, you're not shocking him. There's nothing that you can say that he hasn't heard before. That's I said that to a guy one time. There's nothing you can say that really has ever shocked me. So, um, there we go. I thought I had another insert there. Okay. Um, And then, last, um, we need to act. It's not good enough that we just evaluate and, and look at these. We need to act on what God's telling us. We want to embrace and nurture the loves of our heart that behaviors and the, the behaviors that are good. We want to resist and even starve loves um, the actions that are bad. That just did not seem right. Um, but please hear this. We are not trying to change that's your next word, change the emotion you feel. It's not about changing those emotions, but instead it should drive us to act in ways that will impact the loves and treasures of our hearts, to act in a godly way. In our next chapter, this will be presented in a myriad of ways, which could be overwhelming, but the reason why we put it out there is that we're all different, right? There's gonna be some things that resonate with some people and some that resonate with others. and, and it's all to this purpose, to either feed or starve our good and bad loves. So what is a godly response and how should we act? I'll give you a teaser here. Um, prayer for godly res- restoration or resolution. Your next word, lamentation to God about our disappointments and frustrations. That, that's the right way to do it. A lot of times... We choose other avenues, but the only right way to do that is to bring it to God, right? He's the only one that that is good enough to handle that in a godly way and not be tempted by it. He knows how to direct us best, doesn't he? Because he's perfect and he loves us. Um, Honest repentance to God about the heart problem revealed in examination and reconciliation. Reconciliation, that's God's main focus, right? as to bring us together, the things that have been broken to bring us together with um, those that are affected in hopes of promoting change in our relationships and in our actions, our actions. Um, And through these action steps as believers, you can take heart because the Lord assures us in Romans 5 through 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. This chapter concludes with the assurances that it is easy to overcome 
become overwhelmed with analyzing our responses, right? And, and what happens when we, we are focused on analyzing our responses, we become all about ourselves, which is not what God wants either, right? We do this not just to fix ourselves or, or to make ourselves perfect, but it's so that we can love others better, that we can give glory to God. Um, rest assured, dear sisters, that God is with us in our struggles, and he loves us when we bring our troubles to him. He is faithful through the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us into a deeper relationship, a sweet, sweet relationship with him and with others. So in chapter 9, we will look at ways that we can cultivate the good and starve the bad. Um, it seems intimidating, but it can be a very good thing, and I pray together we will explore and create a plan of action for each of us. Um, now, we will go ahead and break up into our groups. Do we have all of our teachers? We have Amanda, we have Christy, and myself, who are missing Teresa? Okay, so that group can break up I, like we did last week. That worked out really well. So if you wanted to join us, um, I'll go over yonder. Amanda, you want to stay over here? And then Christy, here? That work? All righty, so we'll have our together time.